Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook here to answer some of your gardening queries. On the agenda this week, solid roots, snowdrops and squirrels. Later on, I'll be joined by one of the truly great gardening broadcasters, presenter of the Beech Grove Garden on BBC TV for nearly 40 years, it's Jim McCall. What a week. I don't remember a weekend or a Monday like it. So warm in February. It's what we uh, in the old country days used to call a weather breeder. You know, you're tempted to do all kinds of things and if you're not careful, the weather suddenly goes right back to cold again. So we need to be cautious. But I did get some interesting news this week. I went to a trade show and saw a new lawnmower. It's a thinking lawnmower, completely robotic. You put a little piece of wire right away at the outside of your lawn and then you set the mower on the lawn, and from there on it just does everything. It mows up and down in straight lines, perfectly straight lines, by sat-nav, and when the battery gets a bit low, the mower takes itself off, plugs itself in and gets recharged, and when it's all charged up again, it goes back to start exactly where it left off. And even more, it checks on the weather forecast. If it's going to hail or rain heavily, then it nips indoors. And if uh, the weather is very wet and warm, then it calculates that the grass will grow quicker and so it mows more often. And if you want to override this uh, SIM card instruction, then if you've got the uh, mobile phone anywhere in the world, you can reprogram it. I'm afraid it's not quite for me yet. I'm still pushing my ransom Ajax mower up and down our lawn. I mean, I've only had it for 60 years and it's been serviced once and I think I need to wear it out first, don't you? This week I've seen the first hint of colour on one of my camellias. Boy, they are great plants. Sit there with their shiny evergreen foliage right the way through the year. And then, of course, when we really need some spring colour, in March through to May, they produce these fabulous flowers. You know, the singles with really good yellow stamens, the semi-doubles, the anemone-centred, and the fully doubles. The one that flowers first in my garden is a variety called Little Bit. And it's a small-flowered double, but with red and white striped flowers. I've got another one, too, that I planted really as an example when I was writing my first book back in the 70s. That's a variety called R. Wheeler. It has enormous flowers. They must be five or six inches across. And my garden, of course, is not particularly suited to camellias. Really quite heavy clay and a bit on the alkaline side. But I did uh, dig a pretty good quantity of peat uh, into the soil before I planted. And the camellia has really grown very well for all those years. I have had a query about camellias. 
Linda, living in uh, South London, says that the grey squirrels are taking the buds off. They're driving up army, and she wants to know what she can do. You know, deterring grey squirrels is really tricky. And I think about the only absolutely sure way would be to get some half-inch galvanised wire netting and just cover the bush up if it's uh, small enough to do that. I mean, the standard recommendation is that we use chilli pepper powder or very strong-scented cosmetic soap. The hot of the chillies and the smell of uh, cosmetics does sometimes deter squirrels. And the other thought that crosses my mind, it has been quite dry. And if you let camellias get dry, particularly at this time of the year when the buds are beginning to open, the buds do just drop. So before you take uh, fierce uh, control of squirrels, then do make sure that the plants have a really good watering. Where they're close to the house, under the overhang of a roof perhaps, they could be dry. A lot of plants are grown in peaty composts and when that gets dry it's quite difficult to re-wet. And even when they're planted in the garden, that solid ball of root, if it dries out, can be quite difficult to re-wet. But if with the first can of water it's tepid and you put just a drop or two of washing up liquid in it, that breaks the surface tension and it helps the uh, compost and the soil to re-wet much more quickly. At the uh, Royal Horticultural Society show last week, there were some really stunning snowdrops. Now, I'm not what would be called a galanthophile, and there was one gold medal exhibit that must have had 50 or 60 different kinds. I had me reading glasses on, but quite honestly, I couldn't tell the difference between a lot of them. But people were down there on their knees looking at these tiny flowers. I like uh, those that have a fairly bold flower on a good, strong stem the variety called Arnot, S-Arnot. That's a really good standard. You should be able to get some of those. And once they're established in the garden, then you'll have stems long enough to pick and really perfect, very clear white flowers. Great thing. I've got another one called Hobson's Choice. We went to uh, Anglesey Abbey. They've got a great collection of snowdrops. Uh, And I went with my brother and sister and I bought three pots of Hobson's and we each have one. My brother's died, my sister's struggled, uh, and I've got three big clumps. It does wonders for my ego, and I'm busy spreading some more back into their gardens again. Each week we have uh, an offer for the Sun Readers, and on Saturday, that's the 25th of February, we have uh, a money-saving offer for a compact shrub called Lavatera Barnsley Baby. It's a great plant, flowers non-stop through the summer. And you can get full details of the offer in the gardening pages in our TV magazine. But also, as an extra for you, if you'd like to quote this special code, S for sugar, U for umbrella, double five six, Z for zero, you'll get an extra free packet of Incredibloom fertiliser worth four ninety nine, and you can order by post, by phone and online and when you order be sure to quote that code SU556Z and you'll get the extra free Incredibloom fertiliser
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Well, I'm very fortunate today to have uh, Jim McCall from uh, Aberdeen on the line, I hope. You are there, Jim? Yes, indeed. Now, Jim, can you set the scene for me a bit? Mm -hmm. I mean, you came from commercial horticulture. Yes, uh, on the advisory service. Um, Spent some time in ADAS in uh, Leicester, Northant and Rutland. I left to come back to Scotland the year that Rutland was drowned. (laughs) (laughs) In other words, the year that they flooded Rutland water. Oh, oh, did you? 1973. Right. Went back a few years later, and I have to say they had done a fabulous job. Restored landscape and everything was brilliant. Anyway, that was me. I came back up to work for the College of Agriculture here in Aberdeenshire with a territory which was, uh, you know, Aberdeenshire, Concordanshire, uh, where there was quite, there's quite a lot of commercial bulb growing, as you know. Yeah. And tagged on to that was Orkney and Shetland. Um, really? Yes, basically because uh, of the ready flights and so on up to the to, to the Northern Isles, and uh, we had a tomato grower in Orkney in the top northwest corner. He didn't believe in the grading system as such for his tomatoes. He didn't like this, uh, you know. The, the, in other words, the the little ones were chucked out. <laughs> so, so he bought strawberry punnets, and he used the little ones in the strawberry punnets and marketed them as Piri Orkney tomatoes, Piri being small. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. Well, I tell oh. you what, he was getting more per kilo for them than he was for his 47.57s. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but then, Jim, didn't you grow tomatoes using waste heat from a distillery? That's correct, yes. yes. I, I, I mean, it was, must... a, it was a project that was 20, 25 years before its time, but it came as a result of the 73 uh, uh, fuel crisis. Following that, um, headlines in the newspapers that the Scotch tomato, the Lanarkshire, uh, Clyde Valley tomato, was going to disappear from the table because the, the houses were very old, decrepit, they were heated by um, Robin Hood boilers and all the rest of it, yeah. and they just could not compete. Well, similarly, the distillery, in fact, in this village of Old Meldrum, uh, was having a problem because when the previous owners changed from individual firing, um, instead of going to the internal heating system that was now in, 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 in vogue, they went to LPG heating, which meant that their production costs were higher than their competitors. And the production director at that time, a man called Alistair Ross, um, thought, he was seeing these uh, things about the tomatoes in the Clyde Valley, he said, ah, could we save the Scotch tomato? Could we grow tomatoes in northeast here? Because if he couldn't get more for his new spirit, 
could he get more out of the money he was spending? (laughs) So we built an acres and quarters of glass. I kind of supervised the the, the start of it, and then they persuaded me to move from the College of Agriculture, and and, uh, and I managed the thing for 10 years. And we took it up to, we were producing 200 tonnes a year, uh, and we had a few pot plants and so on, and uh, it was going well. And, of course, the politicians were like bees around a honeypot. But, Jim, that must be the horticulturist's yeah. perfect job, mustn't it? Yeah. Growing tomatoes alongside a distillery. I mean, do you have a taste for the uh, well, it spirit? Gets, it gets better. <laughs> As you know, uh, growers all over the country were spending money to burn uh, kerosene or whatever, you know, to make CO2 yeah. uh, in the glass houses because it, it very quickly became a limiting factor, didn't it? Yes. So if, if you could artificially raise the level to what we called threefold enrichment, um, you could increase your yield. Well, the main gas coming from the fermentation of the distillery product was principally carbon dioxide. So we, as it were, bottled it from the distillery and then pumped it into the glass houses during the hours of daylight. So the first thing that people, <laughs> as they walked in to see the place, the first thing, <laughs> they were <laughs> <laughs> there was a distinct spirit smell in the, in, in the, so yeah, the headlines were the, the, we were the whiskey toms <laughs> the whiskey toms <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 but, yeah that's it. but uh, um, as uh, economics of the whiskey industry etc etc changed completely new management and and the, the, I had the problem then of selling off the glass Oh, it's gone, is it? Yes, it's gone realize, completely. Yeah. The, the, the whole can. Well, I live about 150 yards from it now. <laughs> so when I'm feeling depressed, I just walk outside the front door and take several deep breaths. <laughs> You're impossible, Jim. <laughs> now, now, what about Beach Grove? Come yes, on. Yes. Uh, well, we're just lining up to go again. Uh, we start filming in the middle of of uh, March, and I think the first program goes on air on the fr- on the Thursday about the 30th of March, so it should be on UK-wide on the following Sunday morning, as it has been over the last couple of years. We've got three or four roadshows planned, which we've started a couple of years ago, where we descend on a community, have a look at one or two gardens to set the scene and to find out about the climate and the soil type, etc. And then we have a, a, a Bino in the village hall with 150, 200 people, uh, a question session, um, which goes on all evening, but sadly, as we always say, only 20 minutes of that gets broadcast because we're obviously on a, a 30-minute programme. So that's that's on the go. We're researching. I had a, a series of uh, visits last year uh, trying to find out, and uh, interestingly, you have a, a very interesting article in Horty Week about our, our gardens and gardeners disappearing. Well, I had uh, three visits last year uh, to uh, venues because I wanted to know how nowadays uh, you can grow a gardener. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. So I went to a school that was doing gardening. The last wee laddie that I introduced, he was 14, 15-year-old, and uh, I said to him, "And uh, what do you do when you go out of school? He says, I get on with my business. Uh, I'm translating, by the way, as I go, because he was very broad Scots. Thank you. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> I said, uh, what's your business? He says, I look after four gardens. Goodness. Well, and and what said, age was that? 14. 14, yeah. 14, 15. And I said, um, and, um, do, do, do you use their kit? Do you find a bit of... No, 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 I've got my own kit. Yeah. Ah, 
really. I says, what's your next challenge? He says, I want to get a big enough job to take on an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, Peter, this young laddie was pricking out seedlings. And the thing that you would have remarked on, and I immediately remarked on, he never stopped his fingers working as he talked. And that's what you need. It, Somebody needs to keep an eye on him. He'll be a useful oh, addition. I said, but you get any time for sport? Oh, yes, he says, I, 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 I play golf. He says, I've been to Cooper. You know, they've got a fine golf set up there training. He says, I would like to go to Cooper, he said, yeah, and then try the Absolutely remarkable. Amazing. But anyway, I went. Uh, that was a that was a secondary school, and then I went to uh, Cooper to the college there to look at people who were doing the the diploma courses and 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 so on. And then finally, I went to Doonside, a private estate in Aberdeenshire, my Robert Trust estate, where one of our previous head gardeners is now head gardener, Steve McCallum, and they work. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's a very very fine estate, well run with plenty money, but they take four apprentices in every year. They do a one-year apprenticeship, which is akin to the RHS apprenticeship. They get accommodation provided, and they get a full-time wage. That rings things with you and with me. You learn as you earn. Exactly. And I could have, I could have saved a lot of time if the last guy I interviewed had been the first one. Because I said to him, you've got a, a degree in landscape design, yes, yes, yes. And I said, you've got a higher national, and so and so and so and so. Uh, he said, yes, yes, yes. I said, so why have you signed up here to do a year's practical? He says, I realised I didn't know how to use the tools. Amazing. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And that's, that's where I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet. I mean, there are so many people who change careers midway through their, their working life, blah, blah, blah. They come in. They are intellectually capable of taking on all the courses that go. and But they haven't put in the miles. They haven't got the touch. They haven't put in the miles. Yeah. And they are then teaching the new... The new I mean, uh, one place I went to, I... I, I sent the guy a full page afterwards to say, if I had been examining these students doing that job, they would have got damn near zero. But, but Jim, isn't the message of the Beechgrove programme hands-on? It is. And you know, I think the reason you get such a strong following south of the border as well as that yeah. very loyal Scottish audience, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you're hands-on, you're showing how to do things. Yes. And, and that's really what's needed now, desperately needed. Without a, I mean, all my colleagues are, are, are right behind me in, in that regard. I mean, they, we want to show people how to do simple things, how to make the right choices. Uh, I spend quite a lot of time, of course, looking at these new composts. You and I have come through from John and his compost to... to California, what was it, University of University California. California, yeah. Pete, now Pete Free, and yeah. now we're looking at, you know, all sorts. And what a mess, you know. And um, Well, many of them aren't fit for purpose. Well, no, and I get, yeah. I get to pilloried for supporting peat, where I have reduced my peat use at home by over 50%. I still use peat-based compost for, for seed sowing and, 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 and propagation and so on, and things like that. Jim, don't start me off on it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done it on purpose. We, we, are, we are of the same uh, vintage, <laughs> so we have the same... I mean, we changed... We had to take the change from John Innes, we had to take the change from clay pots to plastic pots, all requiring different techniques. We've had to change, but the fact of the matter is... We have the time to adapt. We, we, we develop the skills to adapt. Amateur gardener wants something that's foolproof. Yeah. Yeah. And the number of times people come to me and say, what have I done wrong? 
and I'll say because you're buying the product in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of weeks ago now, I went to a very big primrose trial on Burston Nurseries uh, at London Colney. Actually, they've got a garden centre alongside. It's uh, very close to the M1, M25 junction. And and if you're interested in uh, the different kinds of primroses and polyanthus, then it might still be worth a call. You won't see the trial, but you'll see some of the plants from it. There are some which flower before Christmas, Uh, And I can think of a kind called Primus, which is very early. Uh, And then we have Evie, which is um, sort of mid-season. And then later on, we'll have uh, uh, other series, Toby and Cabinet. It's worth spending a little more and getting a slightly bigger pot. Uh, The cheapest will be in a nine centimetre pot, which can dry out quite quickly. And if you get a plant in an 11 centimetre, there's that bigger volume of compost, the plant will grow stronger, will flower more freely, and the flowers will be bigger. Actually, at the trial, I saw two new kinds of hardy primrose. Well, one primrose and one polyanthus. The primrose is called Everlast, and goodness, that's well named. It starts flowering in September, October, and just keeps flowering pretty well the year round in my garden and it doesn't need any deadheading. The other uh, recent introduction was a polyanthus and that's called Very Star. It is uh, very stout stemmed and multi-stemmed at that, produces a tremendous lot of flowers Uh, and I think that's going to be a very good garden introduction. I'm afraid I have to keep going to these trials just to see what's happening. And in the primrose world, a lot's happening. You can subscribe to the Sun Gardening newsletter at sungardening.co.uk. And you can subscribe to the podcast by pressing the subscribe button on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 